Pray. Ever faithful teacher of truth, your word is born anew each and every moment. It will never pass away. Help us that we may be bearers of that word, bringing your love and hope and justice into this violent, hurting world. Amen. Have you ever received an invitation or an advertisement in the mail? or an organization that was running some kind of a promotion, a promotion where you are guaranteed to receive a gift just by showing up. They'll give you something for nothing. You just walk in the door and they'll give it to you. There's usually a catch involved, but it doesn't matter if it's a postcard in the mail, a telephone call, or something you hear on the radio. We oftentimes don't trust those promises. Because we tend to realize that what's coming next is going to be some high-pressured sales pitch, and that there'll be strings attached to buy something. But the only way to find out if this is really true is to respond to the invitation. But you know, the same is true with the promises of God. The promises of God always require a response. But it's a response of faith. 
And there's a degree of hope associated with that. You see, hope is what motivates us to keep going, to not give up. If we don't have hope, well, we don't want to do anything on life comes. Now, there's a Peanuts cartoon where Lucy and Linus are sitting in front of the television. And Lucy says to Linus, get me a glass of water. Linus looks surprised. He says, why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. And Lucy says, on your 75th birthday, I'll make you a cake. And Linus got up and went to the kitchen and said, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. <laughs> but that's what we need to have. We need to have faith. We need to have hope. We need to have something to look forward to. Do you have that steadfast, unshakable hope in God? You see, hope not only opens doors for us to receive a touch from God, hope is what motivates us to walk through that open door. It's like Linus says. When you have hope, you're willing to get up and do something. Today we begin our Advent season. And we're starting with the prophet Jeremiah and with God's word to him and to the nation of Judah. Because it's a promise in this passage that Carol Sue read. God is promising to send a righteous branch from David's line. And God promises that this righteous branch will do what is just and right in the land. Now you have to understand a little background here. Jeremiah lived about 600 years before Christ's birth. But God is revealing to Jeremiah a wonderful prophet, a wonderful promise, a promise of God's only son. Now, Jeremiah lived and prophesied to the nation of Judah. And this was after King David, after King Solomon, after the country was split in two. And the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, had been already carried off in that exile and captivity. And Jeremiah's ministry continued throughout until the time when Judah itself was defeated and carried off into captivity by Babylon. And this was a time for the people of great suffering and great sorrow. And the people were looking for anything possible that they could be hopeful for. And so Jeremiah wrote to the people and told the people there was a great hope that they had. There is a great hope that God is going to be given. And they would not have to make atonement forever through animal sacrifices. Soon there would be something that the Lord would never lack. And Jeremiah was telling the people the throne will never be empty. The debt will be forever paid upon the coming of our Lord. You know, that's the same hope that the shepherds had in their hearts. The night the angels appeared and gave them a message of great hope and great joy. The Savior has been born. And no more will they be saying, He is coming soon, but rather, He is here right now. And can you imagine their excitement 
Can you imagine the hope, the anticipation, the eagerness that they had to run to Bethlehem from being out in the fields to see the Lord? The shepherds were overflowing with joy and hope because of what it meant for them and because of what it means for all of us. Our anticipation of Christmas comes to focus in the Advent season. Advent is a time when we anticipate the coming of Christ. And we anticipate this through thoughtful introspection and spiritual preparation. Notice what I say here. Thoughtful introspection and spiritual preparation. I did not say shopping, buying gifts, and decorating, going to parties, and so on. Together, we celebrate the promise of Christ's coming as promised to us in the Old Testament and his return in glory that's promised to us throughout the New Testament. For the nation of Israel, the divided nation of Israel, the promise of the righteous branch was a promise fulfilled with profound hope, anticipating a time when an anointed king, a messiah, a descendant of David would appear in Israel's history to bring righteousness and justice to the nation and give God's people security, a security that they needed and wanted. Jeremiah's vision anticipates that the nation's future will not be decided by the Babylonians, but by God himself. An abiding confidence is in God as Israel's savior and protector, something that's expressed throughout the Old Testament. It's important for us to remember that God will fulfill his promise and his purposes. Because, you see, God has promised that David's kingdom would endure forever. And David's throne would be established forever. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 16 shows us this promise. When God says, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me and your throne will be established forever. But with all that was happening during Jeremiah's life, it seemed that God had forgotten his promise. In fact, this was the accusation that was surrounded, that was leveled by the surrounding nations. But God kept reminding them that he keeps his promise to his people. Have you noticed what the people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They are sneering. They are saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. No, God has not forgotten his promise and God has not forgotten his people just as God has not forgotten us. He was allowing them to be taken into captivity. For during this time of captivity, he would continue to work in the lives of his people to prepare them to one day return to the land of promise. And where, when the time was right, he would fulfill his promise concerning a descendant of David, reigning forever 
through the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And God continues to work through us, even today. He calls us to prepare for Christ's return, to prepare us to dwell in the land of promise, to live in God's holy and eternal kingdom. And all of this was made clear when the angel said to Mary, you will conceive, and you will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Today, we begin the Advent season. We lit the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. And this candle reminds us of the hope that God gave his people when he promised to send them a Messiah, a Savior, a Deliverer. The candle reminds us that the prophecies were fulfilled in the days of Jesus Christ, in his birth. It invites us to look down the road in hope to the day of Christ's second coming. And all the promises that were initially fulfilled in his birth will completely be fulfilled in his return. We are living in a time when we need hope. And we have received that hope through Jesus Christ. God has made a promise that we would be redeemed, that we would be saved from our sins. And God has fulfilled that son, that promise through his son, Jesus. God has provided many signs of Jesus coming in the passages of the Old Testament, some of which we'll be looking at over the next several weeks. Because you see, the entire Old Testament points to Jesus and to a promise that was fulfilled at the birth of God's own Son. Scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer once said, the best way to send an idea is to wrap it up in a Person. That's the incarnation. That's the meaning of Jesus being in the flesh, of God coming in the flesh. Because Jesus was the incarnation of God. Jesus was the way that God sent his idea. And there was no better way to do it. It's like a little girl who once said, some people couldn't hear God's inside whisper. So he sent Jesus to tell them out loud. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us the grace that we need to cast away the works of darkness and to put on an armor of light. Christ came to us in great humility. And on that last day when he will come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, may we rise to life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 754 in our red hymn. Please stand if you are able.